you know, as they did much later, because that's exactly what they did do. They went back to the drawing board, and in the 60s they came out with the same technique, the exact same technique, only they called the music rock or pop. And they came out with a miniskirt, which they had in the 20s with the Charlton dance. Uh, so the miniskirt was their promiscuity. They'd already brought out um, uh, techniques of abortion to deal with unwanted pregnancies. And they came back with the main thing, and that was, that was the contraceptive pill. So, and, and again with drugs as well. They brought drugs out too. So it was the same technique, re-updated, uh, re a new, a new formula, uh, or at least updated by, by using the same formula, and it worked very well. And the whole idea was to destroy the old idea of family, traditional family, and attachments, and so on. And it worked tremendously well. No, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I've, I've often told uh, people, you know, when you get into these types of conversations, that you need to have some sort of stable emotional grounding Otherwise, you'll end up uh, being needy with people and, and maybe giving of yourself too freely or, or, or getting hurt too easily. You need to have uh, that family uh, background to connect with. Um, can, you, can you speak on, on the Beatles story? I, I, I think that they're the biggest band of all time, and, and they're one that's, that, that new stars are often compared to, more number one songs than the Beatles or, or in, and so on. Uh, I know you mentioned that, uh, that they may have been controlled in, in, in the past. Can you, can you elaborate on that story for those of our listeners who have not heard it yet? Yes, the Beatles, you make stars in the music industry. Uh, I hope you all realize that and, and are, are mature enough to understand that. Um, we're presented as though someone some, just makes it, and nothing is further from the truth. Stars are made, and music is part of entertainment. It's like Tinseltown. It's the same thing. It's, um, it's an entertainment industry with very um, with professional people running it behind the scenes. And so you can take anybody, really, and with the right song, the right promotion, make them into a star. But the Beatles came out of nowhere. No one had heard of them. And suddenly they were there every day. Uh, that took a lot of preparation to make that happen. Because the BBC at that time, remember, uh, there was the only television station in Britain, uh, was to promote them uh, from the very beginning. And, uh, and really push them. That took contacts, that took money. Uh, to get your name in the paper takes a lot of money too, uh, across the world, or never mind the country. And the songs were so different. They simply didn't tie in to the silly little songs that they'd been sung before that, the sort of boy-girl love songs, you know. The songs were different, and the words were different. Um, it was not a, back, uh, a backyard uh, or garage Type band. There's no doubt about that. You looked at the music schemes, uh, the formulas in the music. You looked at the cording, and that was not done by by young men who only knew three chords. Uh, so, but they came in out of nowhere, heavily promoted, uh, had one hit after another, and um, we know later on that Theodore Adorno. Um, a very big player in culture creation for the world, uh, a man who came out of the Frankfurt School, who was trained as a professor, but he was a very intelligent man, um, trained 
in culture creation. He understood it very well. He wrote a few books on it, in fact. He had been a Trotskyite, and he'd studied how to alter whole societies through the youth. And he wrote about it, too. And he was brought in uh, to Britain and, uh, uh, and, and used by the British system. Now, you can understand, in, in Britain... Uh, the Trotskites were, were, were brought over and used heavily by MI5 and MI6 to fight against the other kind of communism which was t- had taken over at that time. But anyway, Theodore Adorno, who also was a, a, um, a professor really at music too, um, owned the songs of the Beatles. He owned the titles of them, the rights of them, up until he died in, a, in his 70s, I think. And after that, Michael Jackson bought them when they went up for sale. Paul McCartney put in a big bid, but he didn't get them. Absolutely. And uh, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, Mr. Adorno's work and the work of of most of our culture creators extends to even understanding the musical notes and how to match the right musical notes with the right messages to make the right impact on us. So it's not so much uh, the artist uh, always or, or, or ever or, or I guess half the time independently making that decision. It is people behind the scenes who say, if you say this to this to these musical accompaniments or, or in this in this um, orchestral arrangements, it will affect the listeners in, in a certain way that will achieve an ultimate goal. Yes. Uh-huh. There's no doubt on that. There's no doubt on that. And, and Adorno was a, a, an incredible intellect out of all the big players at that time. He was a, a tremendous intellect. If you read his books, you'll you'll see what I mean. Um, he he thought in German, and he said that he couldn't really convey the, the meanings of of thoughts explicitly in English because English was inadequate. But um, he could, he would write a sentence and expect his listener or, or his follower to read that sentence for a whole page without a full stop or a comma and never lose thread of where he was going. And he said, most folk cannot, cannot do this today. He said, man not too long ago could follow this thread and understand it completely without losing the thread of where the actual sentence had started and convey its thought right through. We've been dumbed down, in other words. (laughs) Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, most people around the world speak a few different languages. We here usually speak one and and not very well. Um, But but with respect to that and the dumbing down and the culture, uh, what would you say, Mr. Watt, if if I were to present you with a a classroom of of high school kids who uh, love their music, they love their 50 Cent, they love their Avril, Avril Lavigne, um, and 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 it's really so much a part of their identity as 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 they've been taught it is as opposed to family or or culture or their heritage. Um, what would you say to them in terms of how to approach the music? They don't necessarily want to be socially outcast by giving up on it totally, uh, but they do need to find a way to immunize themselves against some of the negative uh, propagandizement that they're receiving. First of all, you got to understand that pretty well all. Uh, culture out there uh, today is in a state of flux has been for a long time it's in a state of flux by design and we are given uh, these these role models to follow the songs even to follow uh, you understand most of them don't write their own songs most singers today and they can buy the titles and so on 
they can buy the complete rights to them, but generally they don't write them. It's 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 the, the guys at the, at the top who own the whole industry decide what's in, what's not in, and they're looking for certain lyrics and words, and always with almost uh, subliminals in them, in a sense, uh, to do with sex and so on. I remember when it came down the pipeline, and all all writers uh, listened to the grapevine uh, for their own industry, and it came down the, the, the grapevine that uh, gender-neutral songs were now in. So you think that, that music is free. Music is not free at all. There's a lot of political correctness in there as to, as to what's going to be pushed, and if, you're, if you don't go along with it, your song is going to be um, ignored. And so you suddenly came up with all these songs, and you didn't know if they were singing about a boy or a girl. Well, that was a political decision. It was a political decision to make that happen. And it happens with many other things throughout the songs, too, the whole industry, yeah. Well, absolutely, Mr. Watt. Right now, uh, in, in terms of music, uh, it seems like hip-hop music uh, is uh, is five of the top ten songs, uh, hip-hop, rap music, however you want to define or expand it, the evolution of, of R&B and, and so on. Um, you've I've heard you talk about uh, how there's Masonic terms for uh, for music, heavy metal, rap to wrap it up. Can rock, you, yeah. Rock, exactly. Can you can you define those uh, just for our listeners who don't know about the Masonic influence on the world, let alone on on music? Yeah, um, you, you'll. Uh, I mean, pop in a sense is also father from a, 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 the male figure. He was. Initially, it was all male singers initially, mainly anyway, male singers, and then it moved into rock, and and all masonry they talk about the rock, the foundation, the foundation stone, and so on, and uh, masons actually go round uh, a particular ashlar in their temple, they circle the, this in their the ritual, so the rock you'll find everywhere uh, in high masonry. Uh, and then it progressed into the, the heavy metal. And, and heavy metal, too, is an old, old uh, allegory for uh, King Arthur's sword, the, the Excalibur that was uh, stuck in the rock. That was the heavy, the heavy metal that you could not remove. So the whole darn thing is uh, taken from Freemasonry and from their, their, their lingo, you might say. Absolutely, and with respect to, to hip hop and rap, uh, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I've got to say that uh, I'm a fan of the genre, but I'm also a fan of a lot of things that uh, that are part of our culture, and our culture is meant to be destructive, and I can see those effects. So, uh, for people out there uh, who, who need to understand uh, that this is the end game of the new world order, the giant Masonic globalist uh, ancient banking family conspiracy to to depopulate the earth and to, uh, to to take sort of final control as they try and achieve immortality. Uh, what are they trying to do with, with modern culture and with rap or hip-hop music, to the best of your knowledge? With rap, uh, there's a play on it, too. With rap, uh, the end... Uh, well, first of all, every Masonic Lodge starts off its, its, its day or its meeting with a gavel, and they, they, they hit it. You know, they, they, they wrap the table, basically. But wrap also means an ending. They also wrap it up with a wrap. So wrap has other other meanings as well. We, we saw 
music uh, start off with uh, traditional types of music with good melodies and so on uh, uh, music, you, stuff that you'd remember uh, words you'd remember and you'd even pass on you'd even find that would affect all age groups uh, and it gradually deteriorated into heavy metal so much so that you could not understand um, um, the parents could understand what this, the words were uh, they didn't realize the children would go to great lengths to, to remember the words and find out what they were and that's why when they, they sold cassettes especially along would come the, the, little, the little pamphlet inside with the words in it and that's so that the parents wouldn't know what the words were and they'd, 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 they'd think it was all quite innocent if they read the words of a lot of the songs they'd been shocked of course and the idea was to separate what the children the children's world from the, the, the adults altogether and make a radical difference and then with rap it was very very similar um, you, you, the rap uh, was the bottom was the bot- you'd hit bottom where you wrapped it up you couldn't really go any further with rap it was a primitive type of poetry it was to do with violence a lot of violence and um, uh, killing um, and just, just, just basically using women in fact through sex everyone was a sexual object and that was their only function in, in rap music so it was the, the, the bottom of the barrel you couldn't go any further and you wrap it up yeah, absolutely, Mr. Watt. Um, and 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 in fairness, uh, these are the exact same complaints uh, that fans of rap and hip hop make about the genre, especially the mainstream genre, where uh, people have been saying for years they're sick of of what they see and and a lot of the repetition out there. Uh, y- but you think the artists on the back end of this are are not simply following a formula out of interest or because they think that's what's going to get them on TV and that's what's promoted. Um, it, it, you, this is also, they're, they're being directed literally behind the scenes by handlers. Oh, you're all, you always are. Um, I, I've seen people come into studios, producers, and take a song and utterly change it, change the words, change everything, uh, and then uh, uh, work with a group or a band and alter their image completely and, and in fact there was an, a rap artist who went through the drug scene with his music with, with, with some fame and uh, he talked about it not too long ago he said we walked in with a, a song about boy, girl, etc he said the next thing we know we've got a song to do with, with, with the, the, the F words all through it and um, fighting people killing cops all that kind of stuff this is because that's what the producer wanted. They re- the producer rewrote it in the studio and made it a hit. That's what we, they wanted in. That was wanted to be put out to the public. They didn't want nice songs. No, absolutely. And, and Mr. Wad, you mentioned even growing up in, in Scotland uh, that uh, the, uh, the, the same people that would have condemned the music that was being broadcast everywhere were also the same people who were promoting it. They were the captains of the music industry, uh, who were of a certain age and demographic where you would think they would hate this stuff, but for some mysterious reason they were promoting it everywhere. Yes, I saw it with people at the BBC. Uh, there's a big table with maybe maybe 20-odd people sitting around it, male and female dressed in business suits, and women too in tweed suits, all uh, 50 years old and plus, deciding on who was going to be who they're going to make to be the number one 
for the country and, and, and number two, three, four, five in, in the coming months. And of course, up until then, like everyone else, I thought, well, it's supposedly number one is to do with the number of sales, uh, but it's not that at all. Uh, they, they decide who's going to be number one, two, three, four, five, and so on. It's, it's a culture industry. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, I'll be honest with you, I completely agree with with everything you're saying, and and the manifestations in our culture are apparent. I mean, uh, kids are acting like that. They are using each other. Everybody just wants to go for theirs. Uh, I spoke with another uh, friend, uh, I guess a a guy I've interviewed a few times on Africa, who who uh, went apoplectic at the idea of uh, black uh, Americans and and others uh, in the hip hop community craving diamonds uh, when the diamonds were uh, being stolen at great cost in blood to the African people. So the sort of racist and ironic hypocrisy there, and yet that is being that is what is being sold here. But on the flip side of that, this music does uh, give you energy. The beats, you know, the beats too darn catchy. And and when I am surfing the internet or, or doing some research or trying to write something, I often find I get much more energy from music, whether it's hip hop music or other music with a steady driving beat than others. Is there a way you think to use music for the energy it gives you to fight the new world order without succumbing to the the subtle hypnosis? that the New World Order has in mind by producing and promoting that music? It's possible to use the tools uh, that's already there. Sure, it's possible. And what the the artists have to do is to formulate in such a way that everyone can understand the words. You've got to use the the common language. It's got to be understood by all age groups. That's an important thing. It's never been done yet in rap. It hasn't been done. Uh, unless you, you understand the, the, the language and, the, and the, the actual local language, you aren't going to understand the words for, for adults. And so if you want to get through all age groups uh, and be popular um, and get your message across, make sure that the speed and the cadence and so on uh, is, is, is going to make the words uh, very clear to everyone who hears it. But Mr. Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, you don't think you can truly be popular in an era of consolidating media. And when I mean popular, I mean on TV uh, without playing the game. Uh, No, you can't be. No, No, well, fair enough. Well, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, what is on your mind today on April 8th, 2008? Uh, Thank you so much for... Uh, breaking down the music industry like that, but what do people out there who are hearing this and 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 who are who are uh, gaining a new awareness of the culture? What's their next stage in terms of fighting the new world order, uh, surviving and making sure their the, the next generation survives? Uh, what's on your mind? What are the weak links we should hit? You know, what do you have to say to people out there who who are going to take this seriously? Uh, they have to singers and, and writers and those who promote it to the public have to understand what's happening in the world today, how rapidly the culture is being altered to the global village idea. It sounds nice and sweet and wonderful until you go into its history. And they should start writing about that and singing about that because at the moment we're watching five agribusinesses take your food away. We watch United Nations uh, just have a meeting to do with water, where they declare that water is not a right 
of anyone. It's a privilege because they're taking over the water supply of the world. We're going into a new feudal system of slavery and the public have no idea. Five agri-food businesses own, own the entire food supply of the planet and it's going to be used as a weapon. These are very important issues. That's what you should be writing about and singing about because we're going into a worse feudal system than ever existed in the past. And do you think, based on our socialization so far, that uh, people could handle something that blatant? Because <coughs> what I see right now in the music industry, uh, in, in, in both hip-hop and other genres, is uh, mostly allusions to what's going on. Uh, a bit of a shout-out, you know, mm-hmm. I hate Bush here, or ooh, martial law there. But but people aren't breaking it down in real linear terms, and I'm wondering if that's a reflection of what they think the audience can handle, or 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 if if that's trying to protect their position, so you know they aren't seen as going too hard at the system that you know they're going to count on to help them sell records. Uh-huh. You know what what is your advice out there for artists who 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 want to talk about these issues, but don't want to do it so linear that it's it's an essay and it becomes you know a, a very staid. Uh, deconstruction of what's going on. Um, you know, they want to keep it a bit poetic, but they don't want to miss the boat or have the listener miss the boat entirely that there are things that we as humanity need to be concerned about. They have to realize that surely there would be no future at all for traditional music um, or any kind of music. It's, it's getting worse all the time uh, with this control factor as those at the top who are controlling it. So now is the time to go all out and say whatever they think, say whatever they must be said. Don't be afraid of it. Um, we're going through such rapid changes into totalitarian society. As I say, a brave new world, like Huxley said. And we have no input into it at the bottom level whatsoever. So whatever input you can have, however you can reach people, you must use it now. It's not, it's not time to be timid and, and say everything that's happening because... This is a horror story of this coming up. It's not going to be a wonderful United Nations blue helmeted world um, where there are new benefactors, a new paternal type society. It's going to be a hell on earth because they want to reduce the population. They've already stated at the United Nations uh, Department of uh, Agriculture that food has always been used as a weapon in the past and they'll use it again. Uh, they, They want the population of the world drastically reduced and that, that's also from the United Nations to sustain the planet and they're, they're going to eventually dish out uh, the food supply to every country when they become a world government uh, and if your population doesn't drop to a certain standard uh, they will not increase the quota of food that's dished out to you that's on their books so Absolutely. We, we, we can't we can't pussy food around anymore. We got to start singing the real strong, blatant truth here uh, to the people very very quickly. Well, and it seems like uh, there, there's a, a multifaceted agenda at work here, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. They're attacking us on so many levels. You mentioned world government. One of the steps to world government is uh, the creation of 
the North American Union with the Security and Prosperity Partnership between Canada, America, and Mexico, or our version of the European Union to further centralize power and control. So there's the North American Union. There's uh, health risks in terms of vaccines, fluoride, uh, aspartame sweetener. Uh, there's the war on terror rapture, which takes away all our rights. There's the global warming rapture, which takes away all our stuff. Um, What do you see in terms of advising artists and and everybody else, because by extension those artists will influence others, what do you see based on your high-level overview, and and you have one of the best overviews I've seen of the last few thousand years of history, what do you see as the weaker spots for us to hit, either the ones that will hurt them the most or the ones that will resonate with the public the most to galvanize the most opposition for collective action? The, the weak point is uh, it's all a big bubble that they've created in our minds of how wonderful everything is uh, how experts and that's the key to it, how experts um, are able to take care of all the big problems uh, while we go back to sleep and stay perpetual children that's been the message for 40 years now and Lord Bertrand Russell said that, he said that in his books he said we shall create a society where the average person cannot do, think for themselves. Um, they'll only be able to listen to experts, and they'll be trained that there's a superior class who deal with all the major problems in the world while they can basically go off and play. So perpetual childhood is a stage uh, he wanted to bring in for the vast majority of the public. And if you look around you, it's actually happened. Most people not only don't know the big picture, uh, they have no care to or desire to know. They've been trained that way. They've been told to have fun, fun, fun forever, and that's all, all that life is all about, having perpetual uh, fun. And that's a, a recent phenomenon. Uh, about 40, 50 years ago, uh, no one was in a perpetual state of happiness. If you were, you were manic, you see, because to be a, a total human being and that's a total human being that also retains the survival capabilities, you'll have ups and downs. You mature through life, through, through, through things that happen to you. And you cannot be in a perpetual state of happiness. Today, if you're unhappy, people want to poop, throw pills your way, thinking there's something wrong with you, because they're, they're in a perpetual state of, of infantile happiness. We've got to retain uh, or regain that which we've lost very quickly and and start taking care of ourselves and we can't allow big agribusinesses and big governments with with all these faceless bureaucrats uh, dictate to us any longer they've written their agenda they've published their agenda and it's not a, a, a pretty picture we've got to stop it now Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more, Mr. Alan Watt, and I want to thank you so much for giving the advice out there to everybody, including uh, young artists who are are coming up, to let them know that uh, they can't plan for, you know, a 20-year career and millions and fame and riches and all that with with the changes coming down the the pipe. any final thoughts to to our listeners here, Uh, just to to let them know uh, what what they should be aiming for? They should take the, the current topics and even go further, because it's, it's very easy uh, to predict the next part of a plan. Uh, if you've read uh, their histories of the, of the Council on Foreign Relations, and you've read uh, the, the multitudes of reports that have come out of the United Nations, um, 
the United Nations, as I say, is a, is a, is a, is a non-democratic organization. We should get that through our heads very quickly. It's a dictatorial system within the United Nations. It's going to be worse than the Soviet system ever was. And we have to uh, look at what's coming up. Where are they going with all of this? Uh, they will use food as a weapon. That's why they've created this, uh, this um, uh, food crisis. That's going to be a big one. And, of course, when five corporations that are really all in bed together own the food supply of the world, you know they're going to bring, down, uh, uh, bring food shortages on. Uh, they're actually starting to, I was talking five, six years ago about this very topic. I said one day there'll be riots in the streets over food because they'll make sure it happens. And sure enough, in yesterday's uh, newspaper, uh, there's Gordon Brown and the man next to Gordon Brown predicting there's going to be food riots shortly. So you can see what's coming up. You can always see ahead. You know the strategy for control, and sure enough, it's um, you can you can write about it, talk about it before it happens, and that that way it loses its impact. The big boys don't have the impact they wanted when there's been people speaking out about it and warning the public. This is what they're going to tell you next, and after that, it'll be it'll be the water supply and so on and so on and so on and energy as well everything you need to live to sustain yourself have taken over control and taken the power out of your own hands they want to make you uh, a dependent interdependent slave absolutely and for listeners out there uh, Mr. Watt's been prescient and right about these topics for some time now in my research uh, if you don't feel like uh, reading because you're in the text message generation and you, you can barely put together a sentence, I uh, definitely recommend downloading uh, some of his talks from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com to get you started and from there doing your own research into the uh, the books and websites he recommends. Uh, Mr. Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, I just want to thank you so much for playing through the pain of a sore throat uh, this morning and uh, hopefully we can do this again and hopefully uh, with uh, God's grace and, and all of our goodwill uh, we, can, uh, we can win this. We have to, we have no choice. Well, fantastic, and, and thanks to your efforts, I'm sure we got a shot. Once again, Mr. Watt, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day.